When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome back to Camp Half Pod. We are your head counselors. I am Erin, daughter of Athena. And I'm Monica, daughter of Persephone. This week we are starting a new book and it's the final one of Trials of Apollo, The Tower of Nero with chapters one through six. I have never read the dedication page, but I was flipping through this book. I, I don't know why I read this one, but it was so cute, especially because, I mean, recording this, we just saw Rick this week. He came on his book tour. We just saw him. And so he was obviously talking about like his wife. He brought Becky up a couple of times. But the dedication mm-hmm. for this book says, to Becky, every journey leads me home to you. And I just like mm-hmm. wept That's a so little cute. bit. I was like, that is so cute. It's so romantic. I wonder what and I all think, of the dedications are. Now I'm going to have to go look after this and I see. looked at the one before this, and it was dedicated to someone who had passed away. Aww. I don't know who it was. It was like your life's work, something, something. I don't know who it is. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should know who it is, yeah. like a fellow author or something. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. I know that the Chalice of the Gods, he dedicated it to uh, the kiddos in Yeah, the, the actors. Show. Yeah. That's so cute. I love that. I thought that was really cute. I love I that like, he's just like a wife guy, but like not, he, he seems like an actual wife guy, you know? Like most wife guys, online wife guys, they're actually cheaters. Yeah, like it's a bit too much about your yeah. wife. Like you know that it's getting you the attention, so you make it a brand rather than actually genuinely like loving your wife. Exactly. We have so many rules for men. We do. <laughs> well, you know, too I think it's actually good to make rules for men because I think there's a lot of rules imposed on women. That's true. Um, and so I think it's good if we actually impose rules on everyone. <laughs> it's called that's actually equity. How it, it's, yeah, I was going to say, that's like equity in action. Mm-hmm. Take away everyone's freedom. Yeah, I had rules for everyone. Make them ridiculous. (laughs) Well, what we're going to be talking about in this episode is we're going to start off our book with a good old-fashioned hunt and end up at the Jackson home for some family dinner time. I love how in this book, I think one of the reasons I remember liking this book is that there's a lot of beloved characters. Like, we've already gotten a mention of Nico and, and Sally. Like, and those are such fan favorites. That's true. And I like seeing that. Whereas, you know, the last few books, I mean, there's certain people who are like big Frank fans. I like Frank. He's not nostalgic for me. Yeah. I, I like Leo the thing, and he ruined Leo. So That's true. he did improve, not improve, but he made, I liked Frank a lot in Trials of Apollo. Whereas like, yeah. And Jason a lot in Trials of Apollo. <laughs> That's true. May he rest in Piper peace. as well. He, he he improved the characters, except for Leo. It's like he took the mm-hmm. likability from Leo and sprinkled it on mm-hmm. the others. Yeah. Yeah, it's a finite resource. <laughs> yeah. 
Makes sense. All right, well, I got chapters one through three. Chapter one, two-headed snake dude jamming up my quiet ride. Also, Meg's shoes stink. So we have our new transportation mode, which I actually think that's what, one of the ones you guessed at the end of the last book. Like, jokingly, I think you were like, oh, they're going to be on a train next. And they were on a train. They're on an Amtrak. Did I guess that? I don't even I think remember so. the things I spewed and guessed out. I have to. I don't think it was like a proper formal guess. I think we were mm. just like joking about what their next transportation would be. I could be wrong. But I think I remember listening when I listened back to well, that I knew it wasn't going to be a horse, rest in peace. So we had to yeah. do something else. We can't have any more horses now, actually. No. The horse revolution is over. Yeah, it died. Yeah. It so died young. with the horse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, actually, it was quite old. That horse was, like, ancient. Yeah, actually. <laughs> <laughs> He's been trying to make this movement pick up for, like, eons. <laughs> So we children stopped him. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> Some like 16 year olds. Yeah. Very the power of our youth. Him. Yeah. <laughs> we find Meg and Apollo. They're on a train. They're traveling through Washington, D.C. And of course, their journey is rudely interrupted by a monster. There's a two headed snake that's wearing a business suit <laughs> that boards their train. I also I had a note because it's mentioned that this is a blue silk business suit. And I'm like, yeah, like, you know, we talk about where the villains get their hair done. I guess this wasn't a villain. This was just a monster. But like where the monsters get their hair done, where did they get their clothes? These are like custom. There is a like a like a stewardess, not stewardess. That's the wrong word. Seamstress. That is the wrong word. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's a seamstress who um, she makes some custom clothes. Yeah. Because we know that the snake man makes money because he works a job. (laughs) <laughs> he's getting paid he has a family but to feed he's gotta have like a tailor for his suits because he's gotta have a weird body under there i don't know yeah, he if has he's the monster just... seamstress yeah yeah the Good monster h&m hotties mm. and monsters <laughs> i don't know i actually don't know what h&m stands for in general i don't know wait i'm gonna look that up stand stand stands for Oh, it's some dude's names. Um, no, it's Hotties and Monsters. And it's... um. That's It kind of know? sounds like that. It's Hennies and Moritz. That kind of sounds Hotties like... Hotties and like, Monsters. Yeah. That, I, think yeah. It, I think it tracks. I think that was yeah. intentional. They definitely also use child labor to make the yeah. clothes. So, I yeah. mean, that's monstrous, right? So it makes Specifically sense. Specifically, like, demigod labor. Yeah. Ooh. Which are all children, usually. Yes, that is true. Yeah. yeah. Are they that different from the gods? No. Are we? You know? No. (laughs) We use child labor to get our clothes. That's true. We're going to go down this rabbit hole. (laughs) Yeah. Are we that different from the gods? I hope I I personally am different from the gods. At least we can be better. I haven't shopped at Forever 21 since I was like 19. So take that (laughs) (laughs) system. Anyway. You're really making a difference out here. I'm really making a difference, yeah. You know, taking down the the system one one step at a time. Buying my clothes other places. 
<laughs> probably aren't that much better. Okay, so back to the, the snake man yes, in the business Back to the suit, snake yeah. man in his blue silk business suit. He gets on the train and Apollo's like, there's a snake man on this train. And Meg's like, whatever. It's not bothering us. We don't care. Apparently their whole journey from West Coast back to East Coast has been thwarted by various monsters. They're kind of numb to it. Meg's like, you know, if it's not attacking us, I just want to enjoy this train ride in silence. So this is a normal day for them. And for a while, the snake man does not do anything. He just sits in his little seat, minding his own business. But after a while, they pass through like all of New Jersey I don't know the the East Coast very well, so I was like, I don't know how long that takes, but Apollo makes a note that he's like, okay, the snake man is not a commuter. He's been riding this for way too long. He must be here for me. And so he's like, Meg, I'm going to go, I'm going to go get a closer look. And Meg's kind of like, I don't care. And so Apollo decides to walk up to the snake also with no weapons or anything, which if he thinks this is a threat snake, that's a stupid idea. But when he gets close to the creature, it then lunges at him and grabs his arm, but not to attack him, instead to give him another prophecy. We have to have so many prophecies in this series because Apollo is the god of prophecy. So the prophecy is, I spelled sun wrong. Hold on. (laughs) That's kind of funny. Okay. The son of Hades, cavern runner's friend, must show the secret way unto the throne. On Nero's own, your lives do now depend. And then the glow, there's like a glow from the snake's eyes. It disappears from his eyes and the snake man appears to awake from a trance and is like, oh my God, I missed my stop. My wife is going to be so mad. And I This made me so sad. <laughs> I gasped oh God, out right? loud. Yeah. When, and then they fucking kill this snake and this snake had a family. <laughs> had a wife who's waiting for him he's mm-hmm. never gonna know what happened is there like a do you think that they have like communication that lets the wife know that he's in tartarus now i hope so what if the wife was a mortal because they mentioned that the like to the mortals this just looks like a normal businessman and the only way reason they're seeing it's a snake because apparently just monsters just work i had a whole thought on i was like they choose to work and become humans that's hmm. there's well, so many maybe- other fun things you could do in this economy, they just like want to have yeah. a home and that's they have true. to work. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's hunting true. They gotta down pay the children bills. doesn't pay. Yeah. And they do like the mist makes them look like humans. But I had a whole spiral in my mind where I was like, what if the wife is immortal and she never knew that he was a snake man? He just never came home. And then if she's a monster, does she get like news from Tartarus? Like, oh, your husband's reforming in this blob over here. It's going to take years for him to come back up. She's going to have moved on, found yeah. a new husband. He's going to crawl out of Tartarus and like lost his job. His work yeah. doesn't know where he is. They just think he just like, disappeared. Does he have children? Oh, my God. I don't know. This, I'm so uh, stressed Lugus about this Selma snake. Yeah. Is like my new least favorite character. Not going to lie. Yeah. No, Did that's fair. Like that's yeah. fair. Yeah. Because she murdered this snake man. He doesn't even have a name, but we know he made good money from his blue silk He mattered. (laughs) He mattered way more than Lugal Swa. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anyway, sorry. So tell us how he dies. He gets shot. <laughs> it doesn't. He's like, oh my gosh, I missed my stop. My wife is going to kill me. And then suddenly he's shot with two crossbow bolts. 
and turn him to dust, which like, not only did they murder, but they had bad aim. They could have killed Apollo. They had to kill an innocent snake man. <laughs> At the opposite end of the coach are one Germanus dude and one super muscular Gaul woman with a crossbow. Though there's another twist. Meg apparently knows the Gaul woman. She turns around and she's like, Lugosilwa? Which I can't say that without laughing. I don't know how to say that. I think that's probably right. Lugosilwa? That was my guess. Lugosilwa. And uh, she tells Meg to put away her weapon before Gunther chops off her head. We got the name. We got two names. Two new characters dropped. Gunther. (laughs) Chapter two. Gunther just dropped. (laughs) (laughs) Gunther just dropped. (laughs) Chapter two. Pastries for dinner? Your fave Lester could never. Gotta pee. Later. (laughs) The saying, like, your fave is really, like, 2013. I know. Your fave could never. I will say that this entire chapter, I was like, Apollo needs to pee, and then he never gets relief. And I was getting really tense while I was reading it, (laughs) because I was like, just let him be. (laughs) Yes, and basically... On, like, in TV shows, when a character mm-hmm. goes underwater and has to hold their breath, Ugh. sometimes I try to hold my breath, too, to see if Same. I would survive. I never would. And so then no. it makes me really anxious, because I'm like, oh my god, they're gonna die. And I always try to logic it to myself. I'm like, it's because they're showing, like, multiple different, like, shots of it. I'm like, yeah. it will actually, like, I could actually make it. It's not this long. <laughs> it's because they're giving me different angles, you know? Yeah. But at the same time, I'm showing the different characters' faces. Yeah. 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 (laughs) You're like, I also have to pee. Are you an empath now? (laughs) (laughs) I've become an empath because of these books, apparently. The almost empathetic books. Yeah. Apollo. Apollo. (laughs) An empath. (laughs) Yeah. So, Luca Selwa, or Lou, as they now call Mm. her. Because Rick didn't want to type that anymore. <laughs> yeah, so many L's. Uh, she and Gunther order Meg and Apollo to follow them into a different train car where they say that the others await them. The train car is like a cafe car that's just full of other Germani and monsters. They're just hanging out. And Lou tells Gunther to go check the bathrooms for infiltrators. And while he's around the corner, because he's pretty dumb, he just does what he's told. Lou quietly tells Apollo and Meg that when they get to New York, they both need to ask to use the toilet. Lou then herds them into the car with all the other Germani. And then they like, you know, we get some background on Apollo reflecting on the other prophecy from the last book. But they eventually do make it to New York and the, uh, the announcer starts telling them where they are. And so Meg and Apollo tell Lou that they need to go to the bathroom. As soon as Lou leads them through the double door, she tells them now, and Meg bolts for the quiet car. Lou tells Apollo to block the door, and he sees Lou race after Meg with two scimitars in her hands, just like Meg's scimitars. Lou then quietly mutters encouragement to Meg, but then for show, because the other Germani can see through the window, she's like loudly yelling things like, I'll kill you, and pretends to be fighting with her. They're like, uh, sparring each other. Apollo eventually manages, he's trying to decouple the coaches, and he keeps shooting arrows and missing, but he does it right at the last minute, Um, shoots an arrow through the cables, and they watch as Nero's Germani disappear from view, and their cart keeps going onwards. Chapter 3. Arrow of Wisdom. Hook me up with a hideout. No, not that one. No. 
We learn here that Lou was the one who trained Meg, which is why Lou is helping them after all. They had a pretty good relationship. She trained Meg from, you know, as one does, starts training toddlers in in (laughs) combat. Just in case she needs it, you know. Yeah, yeah. She pro- I think she, like, gave her the rings. They have a whole... They have a, a deep history together. Yeah. Apollo still doesn't trust Lou, obviously, because he's like, well, Nero is still your employer. And also, he thinks about how she still was part of that system. And, like, even if she loves Meg or cares for Meg in any way and is helping them now, she still was a big part of upholding the system of training children warriors and abusing them <laughs> yeah. uh, which i'm like i'm with apollo on this one i think he's making a good point yeah it is a i good, agree it is like an interesting reflection because apollo you could say the same thing for him like he's helping them now and he's trying to do good things now but he has a uh, eons of history of being an abuser and terrible so it's interesting that he's thinking that when really that's what we all think about him. He and does still have a moment of him. reflection though, where he's like, yeah. he understands that it's hypocritical of him to be yeah. judgmental of Lou, but yes. he's still judgmental, which I think, you yeah. know, that, like, like we said earlier, the first step and the only step is admitting <laughs> you're wrong. And also being judgmental is fun sometimes. <laughs> a lot of the time. Most of the time it's actually It's actually fun. pretty fun. Like, if you acknowledge, you're like, you know, I probably don't have a right to judge this, but I will. Yeah. I think that's okay. As long as you're not, you know, spreading false information or, like, being mean to someone's face. Yeah. <laughs> then you're you're fine. We actually encourage talking shit behind people's backs. Yeah. <laughs> it, it solves Children so many all issues. do it. It, it, it yeah. definitely helps friendships. It definitely really helped my development as a child. <laughs> Anytime someone talked about me, you know, I just... Yeah. I became it such a better a stronger person. person. <laughs> if anyone can't tell this is sarcasm. <laughs> yeah. Didn't detrimentally affect yeah. my childhood. No, it didn't give me, like, lasting insecurities or anything. <laughs> so... Mm-hmm. Okay, but yet they don't really have a choice to follow along with Lou. They're stumbling through dark tunnels of where the train where the train tracks are and away from the search grid that Nero has established to get off his radar. Lou says Nero has people pretty much everywhere, like all over New York. She doesn't exactly have a plan as to where they're going, though. Just away. She knows where the search grids are and she's trying to get them away from there. Meg is semi-familiar with the underground system. She's like, yeah, I spent a lot of my childhood navigating dark alleys, which I'm like, what a strange childhood to have. What an I incredible parenting a... style. Yeah, Nero. Like, this, what is, a parent. this is your trainer to teach you combat, and here's some dark mm-hmm. alleys to run around yeah. in. You have some, some free dumpsters. time now. I encourage you to dumpster dive. <laughs> They find a ladder eventually with a loose manhole cover that Meg thinks she recognizes and leads to an alley somewhere up um, where there's no cameras or anything. And they end up on the Upper East Side. They emerge into a storm where there's nowhere to go to regroup. Nero apparently monitors all public security cameras in New York, so they can't just walk into any public building. Uh, But they're on the Upper East Side, and we all know who lives on the Upper East Side. 
Meg gets an idea of who to go to for help, and Apollo's immediately like, no, 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 we have gone to them one too many times. They've done so much for me. Like, I don't need to do that. You know what I'm going to do instead? I'm going to ask this arrow. And he pulls out the arrow of Dodona to ask where to go. The arrow, however, is in agreement with Meg, and also probably all of us who miss Miss Sally Jackson. And it tells Apollo to, Seekest thou the place of the seven-layer dip? So when in doubt, they go to Sally Jackson for help. My notes on this. Um, talked about the business suit for a while. That was, my main, that was my main notes. Oh, I did also catch that Rick, Tut, Rick well, Apollo, I guess, talked a little bit about like Celtic uh, gods and goddesses and mentioned that through in the, in the context of Lou since she's a Gaul. Um, and I was like, ooh, Rick's special interest because we just saw him the other day and he talked about how he really wants to do a whole book on Celtic lore and Celtic mythology. So I was flagging that. Maybe Lou know, will be like, the main character. <laughs> no, thank you, actually. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'll start with chapters four through six. Chapter four. This child is too cute. Please, no more adorable. Whoops, my heart just broke. So Apollo enters the Jackson home to see Sally Jackson is no longer pregnant, and she actually has a baby girl named Estelle, who's being held by Paul. They're wearing, like, matching sets of oh. Estelle's yellow dress, Paul's yellow apron. The image he sees in front of him is one of pure comfort and love, a meal's being cooked, jazz music is being played softly, and everyone is laughing and having a good time. The couple quickly welcomes Lou, Meg, and Apollo inside out of the rain, and we find out that Percy and Annabeth have left on a road trip with Grover to head to California to start the next chapter of their lives. I think this is where the Chalice of the Gods comes in, in the next Yeah. No, chapter. I think it's the Chalice of the Gods before that, because it's him applying it to, to college. Unless he takes a gap Are we going to get to see when Estelle is born in that book? Oh, that'd be so cute. That'd be so, because I'm, I'm wondering, I always wonder, like, always, I've read this twice now, <laughs> but in this scene, I wonder, like, how Percy feels about that, because they have such a perfect little, like, family image, and Percy did not get that. No. It's just kind of like I'm, I'm sure like good for Sally, good for good for Paul and Estelle, and also Percy because he's still involved. Yeah. But I wonder if there's ever any weird feelings, like resentment, feeling sad for yeah. that, like little Percy who didn't get to have yeah. that. He had um, smelly Gabe instead. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Um, Apollo is a little distraught that Percy isn't there to help him. He has this moment mm-hmm. for a second. He's like, what, what do you mean Percy has like other things he's doing in his life? Because it would have been a really helpful quick fix in Apollo's mind, which is hilarious that all the gods think of Percy this way. Like that's so exhausting for yeah. Percy. They're like, well, Percy Jackson's always just going to be there. Like he can fix it and he can fix anything. Mm-hmm. When we know like Percy's like full of trauma and fear, but Paolo's also grown. So he's actually kind of happy that Percy hasn't been involved because after all the destruction Apollo has seen specifically to the seven over the last couple of months, he's glad that Percy won't be in the, in harm's way at all. Apollo also realizes that because of the lack of communication and, you know, like because of the silent God and everything like that, no one knows that Jason has died. He almost tells Sally everything, 
but he has like this like silent nonverbal conversation with Meg and they decide not to. They both kind of like almost telepathically understand that Sally's already so worried about Percy. They have a bunch of framed photos of him all over Aww. the house and Sally mm-hmm. just keeps staring at it like really nervously. And so they kind of understand that knowing that Jason is dead will probably send Sally over the edge of her worry mm-hmm. for Percy. Yeah, because Jason's kind of like a, he was established as like another version of Percy too. So like, yeah. I feel like if she knows Jason's dead, then it becomes, she already knows Percy could die with everything he risks, but I think it makes it more real. And it's also someone as powerful as Jason's yeah. dad is one of the big threes has mm-hmm. died. That would be so scary to like, okay, my child is like actually very vulnerable. He just mm-hmm. manages to stay alive somehow. so paul takes apollo to percy's room to borrow some clothes and get warm while sally goes to dress meg and lou and they're all invited to dinner so in their room paul has a cell and he talks about how much percy just like talks about percy with so much love and understanding he's just like he sees how much percy has struggled and all the trauma he's endured Paul is also really mad that the only school that would take Percy after he disappeared was one of those, like, low-key juvie, like, correctional Mm. schools. Mm -hmm. And he thinks that Percy should have been, instead of being punished for disappearing, should have been given a lot of support and a lot more chances for all the things that he's done. And so he's a little bitter for the school systems for failing him. But Mm -hmm. he's very proud of Percy for graduating. He's also, um, he understands that Percy has put his himself on the line for his family so many times. Paul feels like the least he can do is give Percy's friends a place to sleep and a hot meal. Because Apollo asks him, like, why would you put yourself in harm's way and, like, invite us in? And Paul's like, mm-hmm. I will always do whatever I can to help Percy. And it's, even though we're sad for little Percy, like... From 15 years old until, I mean, he's eternally 17, apparently. But until yes, now. forever. <laughs> Percy has this absolute cheerleader who is a complete, completes their family, which I think is very, very nice. It's so special. So they come outside and Meg is dressed in a pink dress with red converse and Lou's oh. wearing an extra large shirt when she's waiting for her kilt to dry because <laughs> she refuses to wear any kind of maternity pants because that's the only thing mm. that would fit her. And I was like, in-unit laundry in Manhattan? That's crazy. (laughs) Damn. Sally's books must have done well. Really well. (laughs) They all sit together and make small talk, catching up on everything, but obviously skipping the deaths. And Sally serves them lasagna and asks them to tell her the plan. Chapter 5. No swearing at the table? Then don't talk about that. It was very funny. He just keyboard smashed Nero. (laughs) Because he can't swear, he can't like even allude to what kind of. Because whenever he did, whenever he mentions that someone's curses, he's like, "It's his curses that would have put sailors to shame." And so you have to yep. just guess what it might be. Yeah, like, I mean, okay, based on the context, whatever he said here had to be two syllables because it has to be five syllables. So it's either that fucking Nero, that shithead Nero, bastard Nero. That's what There's those a are lot my of guesses. Choices. Yeah. There's a lot of choices. I would choices. say fucking Nero would make sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think so too. Though shithead is fun. <laughs> Shithead's a good one. Yeah. 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 
Meg tells them everything. Apollo's actually shocked about how much Meg is talking. He's never heard her speak for this long without stopping. But but Sally Jackson is Meg's favorite human, so of course it makes sense. Sally and Paul are gentle and sympathetic to every story. Obviously, there's not mentioning any deaths because they don't want to freak Sally out. But the sympathy is making Apollo want to cry. Paul asks if there's going to be another battle of New York, but Apollo doesn't think they have the resources for a full attack. In fact, Lou tells them that's what Nero wants, so they can't give it to him. He wants like a reason to burn the whole city and have a lot of collateral damage, so they should do a small-scale attack instead. Lou actually even has a plan. She says, as you said earlier, Nero, Nero has a lot of surveillance and cameras everywhere, but they can use that to their own advantage. Apollo doesn't like or trust Lou, and they argue for a minute. Like Apollo has a bit of an attitude with her, and... I think I, I completely think it's justified as well, but Paul kind of cools them down. And then he's like, hey, you're an adult here. How do we know you? Like, we know where Meg and Apollo are from. How do we know Lou? And so we find mm-hmm. out that Lou is actually Meg's legal guardian. She's the one who essentially raised and trained Meg. But Lou owes her life to Nero. She, apparently Nero saved her from something that she doesn't disclose. But she's been questioning her loyalties when Meg came into the picture because she saw how he was treating her. Like, she was there watching while he actively tortured Meg. And -hmm. Apollo's not happy with this answer. He feels like Lou is just like another adult who failed Meg and should have stepped up while she was being actively tortured. And Lou agrees. She says she should have done more and she wants to help them now, which is why she kind of intercepted them from the other attack squads Nero had sent. Apollo finally agrees to hear her plan. He doesn't forgive her. In fact, the only reason that he like kind of steps back is because Meg is like, I forgive you. And Sally also forgives Lou for her inaction that he doesn't have a choice. So he has to just bite his tongue. He's also very aware that this is how the gods treat demigods. And this is how he's treated his own children and others in the past. He doesn't really have a leg to stand on. So Lou tells them that there's a secret underground entrance into the tower that Nero uses to go and have chats with Python, his <laughs> reptilian friend. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that one. That nickname they had. Oh, Hello, my, my reptilian, reptilian friend. friend. <laughs> they have a friendship tunnel. It's so cute. Oh, cute. So, <laughs> cute, question mark. She suggests that they can sneak in a small squad of demigods Someone who would understand and be comfortable with the underground, which is immediately goes back to the prophecy. And Apollo thinks about how Hades' son was mentioned. So obviously Nico. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So in order to distract Nero from knowing that the small squad of demigods have infiltrated the tower, Apollo and Meg will have to surrender. Mm -hmm. So when Lou returns to Nero, she'll know he will issue an ultimatum to the camp saying he will attack unless Meg and Apollo surrender. Nero will believe that Lou is on their si- on like Nero's side because she has a plan. She wants them to push her from the top of a building. Damn. Chapter 6. Bye, Lugo Selwa. Don't forget to write if you ever hit the ground. <laughs> so Apollo's like, I'm down. I know. Apollo's immediately <laughs> down. He's like, I'll push you right now. <laughs> like, no <Yeah>. question. <laughs> Which building? Just show me. <laughs> So Apollo's the one who's going to shove Lou off the building. He's going to do it in front of one of Nero's surveillance cameras so that he thinks that they got away and that he thinks Lou is on their side, on his side. 
So the next morning, the Jacksons gift the kids subway passes. Paul is really apologetic that he doesn't have a car to give them, but Percy is <laughs> taking it down to California. And Paul's like, I already crashed it once, so it's yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, so they end up heading to a 10-story apartment building, and they climb to the top, to the roof. Right before they enter the rooftop, they start their plan. So their plan is to play fight. And before they do, Lou gifts Meg a little satchel, and Meg is really excited what she sees inside of it, but she doesn't show Apollo. Meg is confident about their play fight because apparently they have staged many fights before. Apparently, they used to help stage battles that Nero forced servants and other people who might have gotten on his bad side to do. Like, when he's bored, he makes people fight each other to the death. Mm -hmm. And so they plan... Lou and Meg used to play with fake blood and fake, like weapons to make everything it seemed like those people died to entertain Nero. Yeah. Nero never figured it out. Yeah, Lou's like, I'm just now questioning this man. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Um, and Paul has a moment where he's like, Meg, why would you participate in this activity? But then he also was like, when have I ever stood up to Zeus? So like, I yeah. can't really speak. Also, Meg was like eight, probably. <laughs> I was like, why isn't this six-year-old fighting back? Yeah. <laughs> Meg and Lou will do most of the fighting and Apollo will come and pretend that he has his godly strength and push Lou off the building. And Lou's like, I'll probably survive, like hopefully. Mm. And Meg is a little nervous about that. She's like, I hope you're okay. And Meg's, Apollo's like, if you die, you die. Like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so um, Apollo's like, I need to know more information about Nero. What's his plan if there's a battle? And... Lou tells them that he has a bunch of Greek fire, so much more than Caligula and Commodus had on the yacht, so much, in fact, that he will burn the entire city if given the chance. At first, Apollo has a moment of, like, why would Nero burn his own tower, but then remembers how Nero literally let Rome burn to the ground while he played some mm. fiddle music, so... Nice. Mm-hmm. Lou also tells them that... Um, when they surrender, they'll be in a prison cell, which is apparently very close to where Nero keeps his fasces, which is super closely tied to Nero's life force. So if they're able to get to that and then destroy it, the little group of Nico's friends will be able to actually properly attack Nero and they might actually have a chance. So they run onto the roof with Lou chasing them. Lou is not pulling any punches and ends up slashing Apollo's face. Blood is streaming down and like literally going into his eyes as he watches Meg and Lou fight. She stabs Meg in the thigh and Apollo becomes convinced that Lou is actually not play fighting. Like it's a bit too real. And he says that the hate in her eyes and the violence in Lou's eyes is like way too convincing. So Apollo in a rage tackles Lou and instead of just like suppose she's he's supposed to just like shove her off the side, he yeets her a couple blocks <laughs> and they hear her land. <laughs> You hear her land on top of a car because the car alarm goes off. Damn. And Meg's like, Apollo's like, oh, I might have overdone it. And Meg's like, there's no time to think. She's probably fine. We gotta go. So Meg grabs Apollo and they rush down the stairs. Meg says they need to summon a ride and shows Apollo what Lou gave her, a gold Roman coin. And she uses it to call upon the Chariot of Damnation. All right. So a couple of my notes. I think I think this is fresh because we just saw Rick this week, but I thought Rick writing Paul and Estelle's interaction is just like so realistic of like a, a of a father who's had children and raised mm-hmm. babies. 
Because when he boops her nose and the amount of joy that is emanating from this baby is written from a very loving parent point of view, I think. And it also was really fun to just watch Apollo watch the baby. He's so in love with her and love with the family. This was like the chapter. I know we've talked about Apollo's growth through these last four books, but this chapter was really the one where we saw it solidified where we saw, like, Apollo not willing to uh, risk any more people. Mm. He's, like, very protective of Meg. He's very protective of this family. And he's yearning to have, like, a really, comf- like, feel that comfort and love. Mm-hmm. And it he has this moment while he's sitting down after Sally Jackson points out that he seems more human, that he mm-hmm. remembers talking to Jason, how Jason asked him to remember what it likes it's like to be human when he becomes a god again. And how he thinks about six months prior, he would have been really mad about hearing that because in his mind as a god, human humanity meant mortality, which meant weakness. But now he understands mm-hmm. that it's so much more. It's actually strength and empathy. So he's become an empath. And that's a really great I love for that. him. Good for him. See, um, empathy is a skill. I remember going on a rant about that like two years ago on this podcast. It's a skill you can learn. You're not born an empath. (laughs) No, and I think it's a skill that needs to be practiced to be refined. I think it's very easy to get lost in it if you're not practicing empathy every day or you do it every day. You can be a little like empathetic to like some situations, but you know what I mean. Yeah, it's easy to be too empathetic or not empathetic enough, you know? That's a skill. Yes, it's a skill. And a balance. learned it. Yeah. He's learned, learned it. He's, it. He's had a lot of trauma in the last six months, so he's yeah. veering on a lot of emotion. And it's also, mm-hmm. I mean, I imagine it almost like a baby who's like, like a child who's learning what death is. It's mm. really overwhelming and it's like a hard concept yeah. to grasp. So yeah. he has to try to grasp it. Yeah. Fine. Um, my other note was, I was like, Paul isn't the stepfather. He's the father that stepped up. Yeah. <laughs> like, fuck you, Poseidon. <laughs> like, God. I hope that Paul, like, gets to fill out official, like, adoption papers for Percy. I, I hope he's done that or gets so. to do that. That he would be great. Percy so much. He also loves that he gets to be, it's, like, not, like, a resentful fact of, like, ugh, I inherited the stepchild. Who was like a, obviously a package deal with this amazing woman. It's more he's like, I get Percy. Like Percy is amazing. Yeah. He's so proud. He's also so excited every time like a Roman or Greek yeah. god thing happens to him. He's like living out his fantasies. Yeah. He's a little nerd. I really loved the reflection in these chapters, especially how Apollo is so graded by Meg and Nero's relationship because it's so reflective of him and Zeus mm-hmm. and how he seen when he's frustrated that Meg isn't standing up to her stepfather he had to pull himself back and be like well when did you ever stand up to Zeus I thought that yeah. was really powerful like to be able to have that reflection is a great character growth mm-hmm. yeah yeah I love that they're, yeah, they kind of have parallel arcs with that. Um, Okay, you had a note. Oh, yes. So I got a message on, I think on Discord from Son of Hades that that was something that I have, or Son of Hermes. I'm just thinking of Son of Hades. Um, But it is, um, 
I've seen this theory online before too, but there's, and I think it's just Rick messing up, but it's mentioned that Estelle's eyes are sea green, which are Percy's eyes that are, that were repeatedly said to be his father's eyes. So there's like a theory online that Estelle is also Poseidon's child. That's hilarious. I did, I did note that. And I thought that it was weird because the whole point of Percy's eyes is that that's Poseidon's, right? I also love mm-hmm. the idea, like we asked Rick, uh, someone asked Rick at the um, the talk how the god's DNA would work, like if they did a 23andMe, and he was like, I don't fucking know, was <laughs> essentially his answer. He thinks that yeah. it would just be blank, or it would just be really basic, so what if the idea is that it's actually all, like, Sally? Yeah, yeah, like he, just a clone of Sally. Yeah, but he just yeah, happens to theory. have powers. That theory is funny about, like, people are being like, wait a second. <laughs> that would be We're so mean still to come Paul. From, right? I don't, think, I don't think she'd do that to Paul. I think I she's, think like, so. moved on a lot from Poseidon. Yeah. Unless, like, Poseidon did another a demigod. Yeah. No, I don't think she does either. Unless I don't think Poseidon she did a Zeus and, oh, like, God. pretended to be Paul. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think it was a Rick messed up on that one. But yeah, I think so. I, I think, think that he theory forgot. is funny. Yeah, I think he forgot think he, that Percy's eyes maybe, were from you know Poseidon because sea green. He wanted them to like. He wanted them to look alike, and so the thing yeah. that's famous about Percy is his eyes. So yeah, which is from Poseidon, which is why yes. he's famous. Like he could have just said like the same like dark hair or whatever one of Percy's descriptors. Yeah. Hmm. Um, all right. So obviously I think I haven't looked it up because obviously I can't, but I feel like the chariot of damnation is that like awful car from the Titans curse. Mm-hmm. The curse. Yeah. Titans curse where, um, With it's the, the ladies who are driving. Yeah. yeah. Because he mentioned the fates earlier when the snake was obviously possessed by it. I think that's a good place for him to get another section of the prophecy. So I feel like, they're going to drive them to Camp Half-Blood because mm-hmm. they're going to have to go talk to Nico and kind of tell everyone what's going on. And then in the, that time, they are going to get Nero demanding they get, like, surrender. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to go surrender. And Nico, it's going to be Nico, Will, and then Apollo's children who are going to volunteer to be the squad to go underground. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then they're going to fight. Fight. Squad. The squad, but I, at some point, I feel like the the plan won't work because Apollo's going to be put into the prison, but it's going to be a different prison than what Lou was planning. It's not going to be anywhere close to the Fasties. It's going to be far away. It's gonna actually just going to give him to Python, so Apollo's going to have to deal with Python and his weird legs. Mm, uh, legs. Those are my predictions. We'll see what okay. happens. Good predictions. Yeah. Good predictions. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> Ready to get into some lightning bolt questions? Yes. So we got this one on Instagram. Sorrel sent in, if you had to pick a creature or person to randomly give you a prophecy in public, who would you pick? Oh, it has to be someone I'm like listening to because I tend to, anytime I'm walking in public, I have headphones in. So can you Mm. imagine like I'm getting a prophecy by like someone at my bus stop and I'm just like looking the other way, listening to something in my headphones. I miss the entire prophecy. (laughs) So, like, someone you know personally? Or it has to be, like, a cashier. Like, it needs to be someone that I am, like, talking to already. 
and like would mm-hmm. approach without headphones because I have headphones in always like to a point where I'm gonna get hit by a car like it's not good it's not gonna be good um but I can't because I like you know I live in a city so I like learned to like very much actively not listen to what people are saying around me especially if they're calling out to me because I'm like trying Mm -hmm. not to interact Mm -hmm. so yeah it has to be someone who's going to like I'm going to interact with net like organically you're not gonna just like ignore on the streets that makes sense yeah what about you? Do you want it to be Mike? No, my thought was Taylor Swift. <laughs> you know, I could pick anyone. Is that if Taylor true. Swift had to like hunt me down? <laughs> and then she'd be all confused when she woke up from her trance and I could be like, do you want to hang out? <laughs> she'd probably well, think she I kidnapped her. drugged her, her. Yeah. yeah. She probably would. I'd, no, I'd be like, oh my gosh, I'll help you. You can stay in my yeah. house. <laughs> She'd be like, this is very small for me. (laughs) Her entire security team would come with it. The paparazzi, TMZ would be there. Your life would never be the same. It would be a performance of the prophecy. Like ever, the, the whole her whole pop like security team is following her. They're like, we don't know where she's going right now. She didn't tell us, uh, and they, she just goes to me, and they all perform the prophecy together. Do you like it's the next hit song? But do you hear lyrics immediately when you listen to a song? Or do you have to, like, listen to it a couple times to understand the lyrics? I do tend to hear... I don't... I usually look up the lyrics after, like, one or two times if I don't understand them. But I am a very lyric-driven person. Because yeah, okay. I... Mike is the complete opposite where he, like, does not listen to the lyrics. Like, he cannot... Probably could not tell you what a song is about if he's heard it, like, 20 times. It, to the I point but it like causes that. a lot of like mishearing like when he does and then he'll be like what does that mean and he'll have heard it totally wrong and i'm like what which is like, i mean that's why you miss taylor Swift. but i can just start yeah. imagining that you're just kind of like i have to look up what your lyrics said because i didn't hear you the first time <laughs> like i was too focused on the guitar <laughs> oh my imagine it's like ariana grande gives you Oh, <laughs> I would not understand. understand a word she's saying. Like, ma'am, can you like enunciate a little more, <laughs> please? <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right, my question is: What is your ideal meal to eat after being stuck in the cold and the rain? Like, what do you want to come and eat? You like a soup and bread, mm. like a lot. I don't. I like soup, but like soup with bread is really elevated. Soup is kind of boring without bread. And so I want a lot of bread to dip into a soup. More I bread actually, than soup. Like, I mean, I like pho a lot, especially the rainy days. Yeah, but that's the kind really of like, like soup you could have without bread, you know? Yeah, but I, that's the thing. I really want carbs. And so mm. I also wouldn't mind like a hot pasta with garlic Ooh, bread like reading this yeah. and how like those lasagna and garlic bread I was like mm. my mouth was watering I was like that's perfect like change that into dry great. clothes and have that it's also dinner time so I'm just hungry I know I'm like I'm hungry too <laughs> <laughs> oh a good question for when we're hungry um yeah the last one that I just came up with if you could be trained in battle like in combat by someone if you could pick someone to train you who would you pick um, I wouldn't want Achilles because I think I wouldn't want someone who's yeah. like naturally gifted. 
Mm-hmm. I think I want someone who's like trained really hard to get where they are because then they tend to be better teachers because they won't usually and then you just fight, you know, just like let yeah. everything instincts kick in. You don't have any instincts. So <laughs> I mean I guess someone like maybe Chiron, honestly. He's mm, like Yeah. But at the same time he trains people who were really brilliant to start with. So I don't know. Has to be someone who's bad at fighting, but now is good. Mm, yeah yeah i was thinking like annabeth not that she's bad at fighting but like as a child of i mean athena is also kind of war but like it seems like she's very smart like she thinks about her fighting her skills a lot and she trained a lot like i remember her being really in the earlier books really like she's there all year and training um and works really hard i do think she'd be mean though (laughs) Yeah, she'd be a mean teacher. Yeah, I also don't know if she's, like, patient. Yeah, that's fair. Ooh, I think Hazel would be a good trainer. Frank would be a good trainer, too. Even though he's naturally gifted at battle, he's also just a sweetheart. And I think he would be good. Jason wouldn't be good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, he'd just be like, fly. (laughs) I'd be like, I cannot fly. (laughs) Leo might be good because he'd call me Mama Sita and I'd kill him. Oh, yeah. He'd motivate you. Yeah, that's true. With violence. And then he'd just like set everything on fire and be like, you're not fireproof. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean? Percy would drown me. It wouldn't be good. Yeah, it wouldn't be good. He's also just like naturally gifted. So that's also not helpful. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Percy's just like, I don't know how I do this. I just like, you know, just go with it. Go with the flow. (laughs) All right. Well, next week we're going to be back with chapter 7 through 12, The Tower of Nero. Woo woo woo. If you are interested in supporting us, you can find the link to our Patreon in the episode description as well. Also link to send us an audio message if you ever want to have a question or anything on here. Uh, you can follow us on social media at CampHathPod um, or email us at CampHathPod at gmail.com. You can email us um, or DM us on social to join the Discord. Just when you dis- oh, join the Discord, um, someone has to approve you, like an administrator. So it might take a little bit, like a day or two, because we're not always online. So if you mm-hmm. only can see like the welcome channel and the rules channel, just give us a second. We'll approve you and then you should be on your merry way. Yes. Wonderful. And don't forget to rate and review wherever you are listening to us. Bye-bye.